Hi, this is Sophia Young. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode three of Just the Nameless podcast. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that we have set up our Ko-Fi page. Uh, it's a uh, it's a way to support um, creatives without subscribing to anything or joining a membership. Um, it's really easy. Um, you just go to Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, Ko-Fi.com slash just the nameless and we have a fundraising goal of around $200 uh, I think it's like 129 <laughs> I'm like working off of memory right now this is so unprofessional but you're gonna help us become more professional uh, with a better sound um, with a better microphone so that is the first of our goals um, and then our operating cost so far is about $20 a month um, but we can talk about that later. So if you want to support the show, um, feel free to check out our Ko-Fi page. And without further ado, here's episode 103. Hi everyone, this is Sophia for episode 103 of Just the Nameless. Glad you could join us again. Um, you know, I had a, uh, an episode planned, um, and it was going to be a another encouraging uh, message about um, unburdening ourselves from um, the way ma- many of us might have been brought up in religious um, circles, where we've constantly been made aware of our lack of our our um, affection for God and our religious performance and. Um, how we've always been made to feel um, that we're inadequate and we're bad Christians because we're not loving God enough. Um, and I have come to find freedom from that and have, you know, it's not just a sense of, oh, screw this, it's not helping me. Uh, let's release the chains. No, it's realizing that the chains were never there to begin with because those chains were never created by God because that's not who God is. Um, so that was the plan. But uh, this week, uh, if, if you don't know, um, there was a video released of a, an African-American man who was arrested by police. Um, and he was killed. Um, the white police officer had his knee on the African-American man's neck. And the man kept saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And uh, he was, uh, his neck was being uh, crushed uh, for seven minutes. And he died on arrival at the hospital. And of course, a day or two after that, there's been demonstrations. And the police in Minneapolis have been shooting rubber bullets and, you know, designed for uh, dispersing. It's like riot control gear, and they've been throwing uh, tear gas and things like that, pepper spray, uh, into the crowd who are unarmed. And yet only a couple of weeks ago, we saw armed uh, white supremacists who went right up to the doors of of, of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's office in Michigan. And you see these big, huge guys with guns and they're yelling in the faces of the, the police officers. 
you know, the officers are wearing uh, masks, face masks, because of the coronavirus, and the protesters are not. They're protesting, you know, we want our freedom back, blah, blah, blah. And it's just a shocking uh, contrast. Whereas the, the, the protesters at Governor Whitmer's were, they, they were armed to the teeth. And they were protesting for something so um, illogical. They were, they were wanting their freedom at the expense of the lives of their fellow Americans. Um, it got to the point where the state legislature, they canceled a meeting because they were afraid of the protesters. Um, and the police did nothing, not a single arrest. Um, and you have the president, you know, tweeting, you know, free Michigan or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, and, then, and then now you have this where we are legitimately protesting the murder of another uh, black person by a police officer. And this time it was different. The four police officers involved were fired immediately. But that's not enough. Um, they need to be prosecuted for uh, murder uh, because that's what this was. And when citizens protested this legitimate injustice, uh, the police immediately began to act upon our fellow citizenry, citizenry as if we were a totalitarian state. This is very heartbreaking. Uh, for me, during the time of coronavirus, I've been watching CBS This Morning with Gail King. Her joy is infectious. I love watching her in the morning. And yes, they deliver heavy news, but they also try to mix it up and, you know, present it through those three uh, news anchors, especially with Gail King. It, it, it's like a ray of hope, you know, um, just seeing her resiliency in the, in the face of all this darkness. But this morning, um, she, you know, in the beginning of the newscast, she was trouble keeping, having trouble keeping it together. Uh, at, at, at the news of what's been happening. And that's affected me. And I felt I couldn't go on to just record my normally scheduled podcast of, of like kind of, I mean, it's what I've been gifted to do, which is to like shepherd people and comfort people and encourage people. Um, um, and so in that sense, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, like a, like an Old Testament prophet type of person. That's not my main ministry. Um, but um, I felt that if I just went and recorded the regularly planned version, I would be very disingenuous and I would not be speaking what is true. And I'm speaking from my heart um, uh, for this one to express my grief, to express my frustration and in that grief and frustration, um, so before I record an episode, I take at least about half an hour, a half an hour, uh, just praying, uh, listening to worship music, hearing God's voice, asking for the Holy Spirit's uh, leading and anointing. Um, you know, before I launch this new podcast, I have recorded one or two episodes without prayer or worship, and it just fell flat, you know, <laughs> so I had to just get delete what I recorded. So the point being, 
um, again this week, I'm doing the same thing of praying and meditating before recording, excuse me. But the only song um, that I, I could gravitate to were laments. And there's a song by John Foreman. He's the frontman for the band Switchfoot. He wrote a song a while ago called uh, Instead of a Show. It's verbatim a passage from the prophet Amos and a little bit of Isaiah, where he basically says, where it's like the voice of God saying, I hate all your show and your pretense. I hate all your hypocrisy. Uh, I, stop up, I stop up my ears when you sing praise songs because there's blood on your hands. You've forgotten the homeless. Uh, you have neglected the people that they don't fit in your plans. I mean, you name it, whoever they are, black people, uh, trans people, uh, gay people, like Asian people right now, you know, people of Asian descent in America. You know, it's just, um, oh, and, and then compounding that was also the, the white lady in the park calling the cops on a black man who simply said, could you leash your dog in this area of the park? He was out bird watching and the lady didn't have her dog leashed and that area of the park requires it because uh, they want to preserve uh, wildlife. They want to preserve, you know, prevent the dogs from like making a mess. And she starts freaking out and starts acting like a, like, like some kind of, um, you know, kind of like that Sharon Stone character from, um, from uh, what was the title of that? Basic Instinct? Yeah, basic instinct where she's like manipulative. So this woman starts freaking out over the phone uh, and starts doing this performance of I'm about to literally die, police officer, come get me. Um, so it's just a weird week. Um, yeah, so I'll, I, I was listening to that song and channeling my grief through that song by John Foreman. And the song says, um, give love to those who can't love at all. Stand up for those who cannot stand at all. And, you know, through my own interpretive lens, uh, when it says give love to those who can't love at all, um, you know, obviously I'm reflecting on the LGBTQ community um, and those of us who grew up in uh, in evangelicalism where we were taught to hate ourselves so that when we began to realize that we might be queer, uh, a lot of us went into a panic of self-hatred, self-loathing, and am I going to hell? Um, did I lose my salvation? Uh, you know, it's just a crisis. And for me at least, and you know, there, there are others who, who say similar things, because it took us 10 years of working out, you know, the fact that I am queer and does God love me or not? Have, you know, like, has God abandoned me or not? And then, you know, taking about 10 years, basically our entire teens or entire 20s to figure it out. And now that we're in our 30s, it's like we have become the ones who can't love at all because everything that... Nor normally you would learn through trial and error during your teenage years and in your college years or you know in your 20s if you didn't go to college those skills of of dating and things like that it's we weren't there for it it's kind of like 
you know, it's like a Kimmy Schmidt kind of thing, you know, like we were in the bunker and we come out and we're like, what the hell? It's all, it's still all here. And we don't know what the hell's going on. You know, what's iPhone, you know, what's dating. Uh, I like that person. I don't even know how to, you know, so it's just, just like reflecting on all of these things. And then I also just happened to watch, they just put up Super, Super Bowl season five on Netflix the other day. So I got to the episode where Dreamer, she's a trans superhero, and the actress Nicole Maines is trans. And the episode uh, has a man who lures trans women into thinking they're going to meet him for a date, and then he kind of beats the crap out of them. Um, and, you know, it, it just goes really deep into Nicole Maines' character and her the character's trauma, which is reflective of many uh, trauma of trans people. And also the uh, the roommate, she's a, a, a trans woman of color. So there's another aspect of the, tra the trauma there that's even deeper and different, but it all relates back to this uh, Black Lives Matter thing, which is not a thing, it's a, a human being has died. And um, all of this, reminded me of some scripture um you know that says you know where jesus says uh um unless you lose your life uh you won't find it and if you try to find your life you'll lose it instead and you know i've been going to church all my life ever since I was, a, you know, a baby. Uh, when I was 13 years old, I quote unquote became born again. That's when I kind of like consciously like decided to follow Jesus and felt myself falling in love with Jesus and felt myself kind of experiencing God's forgiveness and, and his freedom. Um, and, and, and all to say, you know, throughout those decades, there have been many moments where God's like, okay, time to grow up and take the next step. And often that involved this learning how to live out another dimension of Jesus saying, unless you lose your life, you won't find it. And if you try to find your life, you'll lose it, that, that paradox, that mystery. And, you know, today I find myself being called into a deeper aspect of that mystery. And it is this. Um, I know in my head, it's not good enough to sing and talk about injustice. It's not good enough that I'm singing the John Foreman song as good as the song is. If I'm unable to put that into action in my own life, because I'm afraid of getting my hands dirty, then, then, then I'm the one who's trying to preserve my life and I'll lose it. Um, the only way I'm going to be a part of making a, 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 a dent in pushing back the injustice and, and darkness, the only way I'm going to live out the, the challenge of Isaiah who says, let justice flow like rivers, is if I lose my life. Um, and, and to me, that, it's very specific. Um, for the past seven years, I've been living in fear uh, for being trans. Like, yes, I came out to some people, my parents, my family, my friends. 
but to the wider world, I'm not out because I am, you know, I'm in, I'm in ministry. And if I come out, I'll lose my job. I'll lose my credibility. Um, and, and, and in the eyes of the evangelical world, they will discredit my entire life, my entire life as a pastor, as a spiritual leader. And that's a scary prospect. Um, so, you know, and like, and like, you know, nowadays I have uh, uh, students, uh, uh, teenagers who will ask me like, what, what am I as a Christian supposed to think about LGBTQ people? And I can't give them a straight answer because I'm afraid of getting fired, literally. So I do my best to, to let them know that, that that's not an issue at all and that God loves you the way you are. But I can't straight out say that. I can't give them the theological education that they're really asking for, right? Um, what does the Bible say? And all I can do is kind of share with them what the heart of Jesus is and, 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 and hopefully they can connect the dots for themselves. And, and you know, maybe that's okay. You know, I'm not going to be their only teacher for the rest of their lives. But the fact that I'm, I'm trying to do this with one hand tied behind my back because of fear. And the reason why I have this fear is because I'm afraid to, to die for justice. Um, metaphorically, certainly, yeah. Career suicide is a kind of death. But maybe even also literally, I mean, I mean, I mean what, what's holding me back from, from more invariously pursuing my life and, and putting myself out there and, and, for example, applying to jobs uh, as who I am, as a woman, as a trans woman, um, you know, maybe I'm, I've been holding myself back because I'm afraid of losing my life, literally. Because, you know, as wonderful as it is uh, when I go out in the world as myself, um, I feel this buoyancy. I also feel this terror that I, I'm going to get hurt. You know, I have experienced uh, terror, legitimate terror from men. Uh, like an Uber driver once like, started to flirt with me. And then, like, they, they, like, locked the door on me. Like, it was crazy. Um, so, so I do, I do face mortal fear. Um, this fear is this fear of being found out. But I, I'm realizing today that that's holding me back from, from, from becoming a part of pushing back the darkness. And I won't be able to do that unless I'm literally willing to say, I'm willing to lay my life down. I'm willing to die for this. I feel like we're at a weird historical moment where we need people to be able to say that and do that. Um, I'm willing to die for this. Um, now it scares me to even say this because I, I'm sure I'll fail at it spectacularly. Um, but this is what's honest in my heart right now. I feel like God, life, this moment of history is calling me to take this next step in living out the mystery of what does it mean when Jesus says, if you try to seek your life or save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for the sake of my kingdom, you'll, then you'll find it.
And what if that's not metaphorical? At least in this moment of time of great darkness throughout the world, what if it's no longer a metaphor? You know, what if it's no longer just something as easy as putting your reputation on the line, but something more substantive, something more dangerous, something more real? You know, if I were to come out fully, I'd be risking my life, and am I willing to do that? Because then it's no longer about my own happiness. It's also about living for, you know, by living, being that, being that, 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 that extra point of light in the sky, you know, <laughs> just being, forcing back the darkness. Because that's the only way. We all have to do this in our own way, in our own sphere of influence. We have to be, say, say, stand on a hill and say, I'm willing to die on this hill. And I have to. Uh, whether it's big or small, for you it'll be big. For me it'll be big. Whatever my new hill is that I need to be willing to die on. Without many of us willing to do this now, in this moment of time, in this moment of history, uh, the darkness will not be driven back. You know, on D-Day, World War II, you see all those soldiers exiting the boats and they're just being slaughtered by the machine guns. And, and you know, when you watch the movie Saving Private Ryan, like, the door opens and they just die. You know, you, you're lucky you, you make a step onto the beach, you die. It's, it's like the door opens, you die, you die, you die, and you're like, what a waste. But I don't, you know, that person paid the ultimate price, but in doing so, oh, all they were were cannon fodder for their fellow soldiers in the back of the boat to make it onto the beach, yeah. But without them, there is no soldier in the back of the boat that makes it onto the beach. So the hill that you decide to die on might be a small hill in the eyes of others, but for you, it's gonna be big. For me, it's gonna be big. Because I've never died on a hill like this before. But I need to, and you need to, and we need to. Otherwise, we're going to lose the beach. There's no one else who's going to storm the beach. We're, we're it. The greatest generation that would look around and say, well, uh, no, they were it. And we are it. We are living in, in, in a period of great upheaval uh, where all of our hidden hatred and injustices are or it's kind of like uh, the purge, you know, like all the, the freaks are coming out to play. And uh, the White House is giving permission for the freaks to come out to play because one of their freaks is in office. Um, and, but I don't lose heart because maybe that's the point, right? Um, that's the point of everything compounding on me, at least this week, of every, you know, from the TV shows I thought I was casually watching to the newscast I thought I was watching to cheer me up in the morning. Instead, it's led me to this point of, oh my God. Christ says, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. And I, I refuse to lose the beach front. We can't let that happen. But when Christ says, if you lose your life for my sake, then you'll find it. 
and that's the adventure, that's the mystery, that's the enormity, and that's the mystery, and that's the intimacy of this life that Christ calls us to. There's a new hill or mountain that he, he needs us, that history needs us to die on. If I perish, I perish, you know? That's what Queen Esther said. And I, you know, it's, it might sound corny, but, but we were all now born into a time such as this. And, and, and if we don't act, you know, we're it. I hope um, this fills you with a sensitive heart that hears what the Spirit is saying to you and me. I hope that voice of the Spirit fills you with love, a love that's willing to lay down our own lives, um, to be the ones to storm that beach and push back the darkness. Um, I Yes, there needs to be political solutions. There needs to be economic solutions. You know, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a Yang Yang. You know, I, I think uh, Yang is pretty wise, and his, I love his new podcast. The guests that he brings on, futurists, economists, and you know, nonpartisan people who just give it to you straight. But on top of that, I see a spiritual element to this moment that we're living in. Because this is not just an American moment, it's happening throughout the world where um, darkness is gripping the souls of many of our nations. Um, yeah, you can say, well, it's been like that all the time, but, but it, it's, it's as if the darkness is, is, is making headway onto... onto um, um, it's like, well, you know, going back to the beginning with racism, which which is sparking everything uh, for me at least right now. Uh, you could say that it's not encroaching upon anything. It's always been there. It's never gone away. Um, yes, but what I'm saying is the demons have come, and they have uh, opened the sewers. Um, to not only just expose what's already always been there, but it, it's spewing out to do damage and spread its toxicity. Um, and this time, we need to more that we need to do more than just close the lid back on the sewers. We need to go into the sewers. And 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 renew it, cleanse it. But that's going to take people willing to die. Um, you know, last metaphor, okay, I promise. We need people, after the, the, I think the Fukushima uh, nuclear reactor, when it went to a meltdown uh, in Japan a few years ago, uh, and it was starting to radiate the whole planet, um, there were older people who volunteered to go into the reactor to clean up the radiation. They said, we have lived more of our lives, so we will volunteer to go in and risk our lives to do this. So people risking their lives to go in to clean up the nuclear, uh, you know, 
radiation. Uh, we need people willing to go in to the sewer that is irradiated with evil and darkness to say, I'm willing to lay down my life for this. I'm willing to follow Christ into the darkness. I'm willing to follow Christ into, you know, onto that hill of Calvary uh, and die uh, for the sake of bringing new life. And, and, and if I don't do this, if you don't do this, no one else will. And if we don't do this, no one will. And, and, and this is the moment. Um, I've heard the call. Uh, many have heard the call already before me. And I'm just one more voice trying to speak what's in my heart. And it's scary. But uh, I need to embrace this and, and see how it can uh, drive and infect in a positive way, I guess, everything I do from now on. Uh, and, and to be more uh, uh, brave in, in pursuing living an authentic life as a trans person and being more willing to break things and have things in my life broken apart and away. Um, if it means that I can just look into a kid's eyes and say, hey, God loves you the way you are and, and you're queer and that's amazing and I'm here for you. You know, that's just one example for me uh, of, of wanting to live a life that risks my own death, uh, literally and metaphorically, uh, physically and mentally and emotionally, uh, spiritually, all that. But that's the only way, right? For me to be able to bring, uh, turn that and, and bring it into life. Uh, Jesus says, unless a seed falls into the ground, it dies, it cannot bear uh, fruit. And that's the uh, realization I'm having now. Uh, what, what can I do in the face of all this injustice? Voting, yeah, but that's not enough anymore. Uh, I need to lay down my life. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like from here on out. I just know that, that that's kind of like the new engine in my life now. And again, I'm probably going to fail it spectacularly at this. I'm, I might go back into uh, crawl under the desk again, and, and you know, but I don't want to. Um, we're here. Uh, God, we're here. Um, we make ourselves available to your ache and your goodness, uh, waiting for people to partner up with. Um, because we are the ones who live here. Uh, we are the ones who have been put here as the images of God, as caretakers of this world. Uh, God, help us to hear your love, your call. Fill us with your love, your courage, and your self-giving, your sacrificial nature. Uh, help us to see that in ourselves and, and, and tap into its mystery and power um, to answer the call of this moment, God, uh, to push back the darkness, um, to make this world uh, better than it was um, now that the underlying darkness has been exposed before what it always has been. Um, yes, Lord.
we uh, make ourselves available to the good work that you have begun before time began and the good work that continues uh, in our lifetimes. God, let your kingdom come. Let your goodness rule on earth. Let your love rule and reign in the hearts and minds of all people. Amen.